I had so much success and I like went back to my car. I was leaving early and I heard this group talking about how they caught nothing. And like, they, you know, they don't know what they're going to do for the afternoon. And I walked over and I was like, here's some flies. These are the ones that worked. And because I've had people do that for me, you know, which is amazing. And I'm not saying that there aren't some people on the river who are a little bit like, well, I'm not going to tell you what I'm using because whatever, but way more people are open to like just chatting about how their day was, like you said, and you know, what's working and what's not working and what hatch they're seeing and anything like that. Welcome to Dead Drifter Society, a fly fishing podcast to share information, our adventures and our opinions. We want to see where everyone is at in life and on the water. We'll ask questions and get answers so we can learn everything there is to learn about fly fishing. And now, here's your host, Andrew Barony. Welcome back, Dead Drifter. I hope you had a good time during my little break, and I am happy to be back. So for this episode, we are heading over to Denver, Colorado, and we will be chatting with Natasha Gunberg. She is a pretty sweet person we honestly had a really good chat um there was maybe a few times where i even forgot that we were doing a podcast so yeah we just enjoyed the chat she loves fly fishing um and she loves getting her nails done so that's pretty much what we talked about all the cool things about you know the industry how welcoming it is to people that just want to have a good time and go get out fishing so yeah we kind of chat about that and go off on some tangents sometimes about education and all these other things but yeah we just had a really good chat so i hope you enjoy welcome to the podcast natasha how's it going it's going great i'm super happy to be on thanks for inviting me and having me yeah awesome well so and you're in denver colorado so we'll get that out of the way right yes that's right Mm -hmm. and you said that you've lived there for a long time basically Yeah. Yeah. Essentially my whole life came here when I was four. Haven't Mm. left. Haven't seen a reason. Um, particularly after I found fly fishing that Mm -hmm. just made it even more of a reason to stay. Yeah. It's definitely like, especially being up in Canada, when we think of like fly fishing States, it's like Alaska, Colorado, and there's obviously a few more, but it's like, those are the basically just the top picks in the head so yeah you're in you're not in the worst location ever that's for sure (laughs) definitely not that's why i'm still here (laughs) yeah when did you get into fly fishing um actually it wasn't until i was about um 18 or 19 uh and it was it was a total fluke experience i no one in my family fly fishes i'm the first one to fly fish no one's ever really fly fished at all but one of my girlfriends, her family was going on a trip down to Telluride. And they were like, hey, do you want to tag along? And I said, yeah, absolutely. For sure. Drove the six hours. And then they were like, hey, we're going fly fishing. Do you want to join? Do you want to fly fish? And I was like, why not? Let's do that. And of course, on my like second, third, maybe fourth cast with the guide, I hook into a 22-inch brown trout. And that was it for me. (laughs) And I love saying this joke. You could say I was hooked at that point. (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy. 
yeah. and it always happens to someone that has like no experience and they're like, ah, oh, whatever, I'll try this out for a second. Exactly. Um, I was just like, listening to everything the guide was saying, not thinking about anything. And then when I even got the trout, I was like, oh, this is a big deal. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> even funnier. Just like, oh, this this is cool. Okay, right on. Just <laughs> okay, like so pretty. relaxed about it. Yeah, no, totally. And then it wasn't until when I actually started going on my own and not catching anything at all. <laughs> and then when I would catch something, like it was not a 22-inch brown trout that I realized, mm-hmm. oh my God. <laughs> That was incredible. Yeah. But obviously the, the perfect thing to just show me like, this is something I'm interested in and I'm going to start doing. That is so cool. Yeah. That's really awesome. And so you basically like right away, like you said, you got hooked. So were you pretty much like going to the store, buying rod waiters, the whole shebang or. So pretty much what happened was I, I went out with a couple friends in college and you know, would borrow some of their gear and we'd only go out in the summer. So I wouldn't need, you know, necessarily waiters or anything. And I'll be honest with you in college, we were mostly focused on partying and a little bit on fishing. Yes. (laughs) So, um, you know, after college actually was when I told my dad, I was like, dad, I really want to get into this. And he said, well, let's, let's take a fly fishing 101 class. And we did that. And he was like, well, it looks like you really want to get into this. So he ended up, it was right around my birthday. He ended up buying me a pack and, you know, your tippet and forceps and those basics. And he got me a starter rod and reel, like a couple hundred bucks. It was just a whole set. And, um, that's when I really started going out on my own. And, uh, that was a lot of the, uh, the failing days, <laughs> but, but at the same time for me, I mean, fly fishing was always about so much more than just catching the fish. It's being outside, going into nature, going to beautiful places. And it's also the one time that all I'm thinking about is fly fishing. I'm thinking about, okay, is my drift right? Do I have the right weight? Do I have the right flies? Like, do I need to mend? Like all those different things going through my head. And it is the only time I have zero space to think about any problems or worries or concerns. So even when I would go out and I would get skunked and, you know, be a little bit disappointed at the end of the day, it was still an amazing day because I got to be out there. And I, you know, most of the time it's not in service either. So like no one's calling me, no one's texting me. And it's just been awesome. It was way better once I started catching fish. I will say that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but still appreciate that, you know, just general escape that, that fly fishing provides. Yeah. Yeah. I'll agree on that. It definitely, like, it's awesome when you're just learning, but it is really cool when you start to actually get fish oh, and yeah. more consistently. Like I kind of remember that little, that time where it was like not really getting fish. And then all of a sudden it was like at least getting one fish every time I went out. And I was like, Whoa. I'm getting good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. Different. And then it just becomes way more like, okay, how can I start getting bigger fish? Because I'm going to get fish. I'm going to figure it out. But then I'm going to start going for the bigger fish. Because obviously, at one point, we're all like, yes, a fish in the net, whatever size. 
I'm still like that. You yeah. know, I, I still love, there are days where you'll just, I'll go to a Creek and just catch rookies and it'll be so much fun, especially when they're rising up on the drives. Like I love that. Like mm. I don't care how big they are. It's just fun. Uh, but there are obviously like at this point, I will say that I am looking for the big fish. Yeah. And that is the goal. Yeah. That's like that natural progression. Um, so sorry, how many years have you been fly fishing? That's been, so it's been roughly, it was tough because I, I had this really demanding job for a few years that essentially like took me away from my life and not just my fly fishing life, but my, my whole life, um, for a few years. So I'd say like, when I go back and I think about when I've been consistently fishing, I'd say about seven years. Okay. Um, with majority of it and like a ton of the dedication being in the last two years, right on. which has been the most fun time. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm very curious now on what that, like that demanding of a job was. Yeah. So I was, um, I was a partner at a hedge fund manager. Oh, that sounds demanding. It was, it was a lot. And there was, um, essentially zero free time. The, the last year I worked at the company, I took three days off the entire year and I worked each of those days, including weekends. So it was definitely a, you know, kind of wake up call where it was like, okay, I haven't even had any reset time. Like I was talking about with fly fishing where you can just get out and escape. And I was like, this is taking its toll. And that definitely, you know, led to a, a big piece of me leaving that job. And it's truly been a blessing, uh, particularly with just the time I've been able to fish and, and dedicate to getting better. Yeah. So and when you say that you took three days off and then the rest of the time you were legitimately working weekends, you like literally mean 362 days a year you worked like straight yeah. pretty much. Yeah. Um, there was, that there gives me a headache. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know. <laughs> it would be weekends. I, and you know, on a weekends, it would just be um, little. essentially if a client reached out, mm. You know, I'm following up with the client and I'm helping them out. So I was I was on call to clients. It was expected of me to reach out to or follow up with clients if they reached out within two hours. So wow, was on top of it all the time. Yeah, yeah. that's intense. Um, and what do you do now? Not hedge so, funds. Um, I don't, I'm not in, uh, at the hedge fund anymore. Okay. I'm still in finance right okay. now. I'm actually, uh, hoping I'm, I have my final interview for this company on Tuesday. Oh, good uh, luck. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. But it's, so it's still what, um, I like to do. It's client service and finance. I work with high net worth individuals. Okay. Uh, but this is not the same work environment as I was previously in. So that was, that has really been when I was during this job search, like, okay, how are we going to make sure that we've got something different than my last experience? And yeah. so fingers crossed. We will see. Yeah. It's, it's so important to have time to yourself. And like, I understand some people love working all the time and, you know, especially if you don't have hobbies or your hobby is working, then I guess right, right. all good. But, yeah. 
I don't know, even you, five days. If you have a hobby, then I it's not great. <laughs> I know. I don't even, I can't even do that. Like, I'm so thankful that I found fishing um, when I did. I mean, I, I did fish prior to high school, but same thing, like high school till like 25, I was just out partying and, and clubbing and the whole thing. So then right. I moved farther away and those you know, not one to drink and drive. And I wasn't willing to like travel 40 minutes and then cab home and then have to go get my car or something. So I was like, ah, just won't party. And there was a lake next to me. And so I was like, let's go fishing. And that was like power bait and stuff. I spent (laughs) that, that first year I got back into fishing. I probably spent over a thousand dollars on worms. (laughs) <laughs> wow yeah like I, I remember when i thought about it i was like wait a minute these are like eight dollars a thing and i buy on, two packs on. almost every day and i go out like four or five times a week oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm literally paying for someone to grow worms for me i should have like a straight line on it i should just call my worm guy so yeah your worm guy <laughs> my worm guy yeah and then uh I actually started growing my own worms for a little bit and that failed miserably because I just wasn't paying attention to it. And I kept taking the worms to go fishing. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what they're for. (laughs) Yeah, no, but yeah, it's like you said, you know, just that like, and you don't even have the thoughts of other thoughts. You're just like there with the water and the fish. Absolutely. And I think that's so important, honestly, to like mental health also. Mm -hmm. And just like in the rest of like the space, just giving you a quick little reset. Mm -hmm. Like that is just, I mean, I think people can be way more productive once they even have that. And everyone has something different, right? It could be yoga or reading or whatever it is. But I mean, luckily for me, I found it in fly fishing and I've been continuing that and just, going with it yeah I, right on. I mean the the funny part of it is uh my instagram handle like you know is nails and tails yeah and <laughs> i always have my friends say or like anyone they're like okay how do i describe my friend natasha if you saw her on the street you would never guess that she flashed yeah. but it is her favorite thing to do but and that's like one of the things my friends have always just been so supportive like they last year for my birthday ended up getting me one of those like tin richard wheatley um fly boxes Mm. and uh they they got it pink obviously (laughs) and had it um like engraved and it said nails and tails and they said okay we got you this but this means you have to start your instagram for fun because you've just got so many pictures to share and and we're tired of seeing it on your personal Instagram. And I said, okay. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, "Mm -hmm. it's time. It's time. Tasha. Holy. It's time. You guys. I I don't know how long I've been following you, but definitely like a little bit. Um, But I was just always impressed. It's like, she's got, you know, either a matching hat to her nails, to her reel, to her rod, (laughs) you know, and then if she's not wearing pink, it's like some other color. The scheme is always there. And I'm like, man, that takes dedication and skill. Like, yeah, no, that's awesome. And actually my mom, her favorite um, 
nail color is pink like my whole life she's always done pink so yeah shout out to to pink nails yeah shout out to her mom we love that yeah are they uh do you have real nails or do you put like i do have real nails everyone's like that as well she had yeah. long, real nails. That's a skill in itself. I can't even grow my nails. They break all the time. I'm the worst with my nails. I work construction, constantly breaking. Yeah. Brutal. <laughs> See, that's the funny thing. People are always like, how do you like, well, first of all, those are real nails. How do you not break them? It's mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I think I've just like been blessed with like yeah, good, good nails. Like, thank you. Well, and you <laughs> care enough, right? Oh, so you yeah. like. And you pro- did you ever use fake nails? I did um, for like a short period of time, but then I was like, mm-hmm. "Why am I doing this?" And stopped doing it, and it didn't matter at all. I have always had this, like, kind of. I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd use the word obsessive, but I guess we're using the word obsessive. Yeah, it <laughs> like, sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> where I need to, I just have to have my nails done. Yeah, but I'm, I'm very specific about like, okay, I'm, I go this often, and I'm gonna get them done, and I'm gonna make time. And I've, you know, I've had people in the past be like, "Well, why do you care so much? You're just going fishing." And I was like, "That's why I care so much." That's <laughs> hilarious. Like if we were, no. if I was sitting next to you and you're just like tapping your nails or whatever, and then you're like can't wait to go fly fishing. And I had no idea who you were. I'd look at you and be like, look at the nails. And I would be like, that's crazy. Me too. (laughs) And then I would hide my nails. So I'd be like, don't look at these greasy things. (laughs) No, it's it's absolutely true. And people are like, do not like break them or like, how do you even tie knots? That's my, that was my next question is how is tying knots? Have you done tying knots without nails? Or have you just like so skilled with nails now that it's like, it's totally fine. Like yeah. I can't even, I probably, it would probably be weird for me to tie knots without nails. Yeah. Like, okay. And I just recently started tying, um, some of my own flies. Mm-hmm. And at first it was just like kind of a little bit of a learning process, just using the different tools and like making sure that, um, like, especially with getting the thread around and didn't get my nail caught or anything, but <laughs> It's, I mean, it's after a couple times, it's absolutely nothing. And the coolest thing for me has been when, um, when I'll get random tags of women who've got their nails with their trout and I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I I just just started that. (laughs) That's so awesome. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's, I love it because it is a little unique. Like I've, I, I mean, I don't. I don't normally see like straight up nails did all the time on, on Instagram with fish in the hand. So it's, yeah, it's a little, it's unique and it's cool. And I, I literally, like I said, it's so cool that you just like always like, let's talk about your pink rod and reel. Yeah. That does it, do you have a pink line as well? Is that even a thing? Oh, it's a pink line. Yeah. It actually really should be replaced but I mm. haven't found a pink line to replace it with. So I refuse to replace like, it. No, not, like, not no. on my watch. <laughs> oh yeah. So it's, it's actually, um, a sage. I, I, this is like one of the questions I get asked most. It's a sage grace rod and reel that they had for breast cancer, like probably eight or nine years ago. Wow. 
And I bought, that was the first rod I ever bought, five weight, eight and a half foot, and um, got it on sale. And I was like, oh my God, this is the rod for me. It's amazing. Yeah. Found another one at an auction a couple of years later and was like, well, I'm going to buy this too in case I break my rod, which I'm sure will happen. So now I have my backup also, which luckily I haven't broken the first one yet, but that's, um, you know, knock on wood there. Yeah. I'm on it too. I, I have it. I have other rods that are not pink. Are they my favorite? No. Garbage. <laughs> kind of, you know. Yeah, yeah they're not even, they but don't even catch like, fish because they're to. always at home just in a rod tube. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's I mean, one of them actually does. I don't even have a reel for it. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. But, no, uh, I, uh, I, the, the pink rod, I was wondering about that too. I was like, I've never seen a pink, like, is this custom? Did someone see her nails and like make her pink rod? I would have paid for it. hundred <laughs> oh, percent. Oh, funny thing is, so I, I am um, obviously, uh, as you know, and anyone else who has looked at my Instagram or knows me like pink is my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was at like a trout fest put on by trout unlimited in Denver last weekend. Okay. And there was someone there. I forget what the name of this stuff is, but it's really awesome. It's like, organizing for your like on the outside of your pack so that you can access everything super easy and it's like you know something to put rigs on and then to make flies stay easier than just the little kind of belt opposite velcro that they have on everything um but it was only in black and red and so i asked i was like do these come in pink and he's like, well, you know what? Women are 10% of my customers. So no. When you guys get like a bigger percentage, then I'll make it. And I was like, well, let me know if you have custom orders. But that's also the other thing that I'm like, I think so many women would enjoy fly fishing. When you said that the women are just 10% of his customers, I was like, yeah, but do you even have it in pink? Because then that 10% could probably turn into like, 15% just like that. And then 20%, you know, because women anglers are like definitely coming around. I think absolutely. there's been they a big jump are. in the last like five, 10 years. Which is amazing. And I yep. think again, it was like when I was first asked to fly fish and on that trip, like, do you want to go with me? I was like, I mean, I guess whatever. I didn't even know that girls did that. Like that's <laughs> literally what my mindset was. And so like after that, I'm like, you know, this is where I've taken like my girlfriend's fishing. And I think the one thing that can be scary, I'm not just to women, obviously to men too, is the dedication that it takes. Like you're going to put in like tons of days where you're not catching anything. We're just figuring things out and adjusting and how the heck do you read the water and where are the trout and everything. But once you get past it, like you were talking about when you were talking about your experience with fishing, there is a point that you reach that you're like, all of a sudden I'm catching a fish like every time I go. And then it goes from there. So it's like, you just kind of break through that. And you can do that with really nice nails. You you don't have to have shitty nails just to fish. Like you can 
you know what? I'm going. I'm going to clean up my nails after this, and I'm be like, I can. I can put in the time. That's hilarious. You can do it with nice nails. I'm going to remember that. That's going to be my. Yeah, I like that. I like that. It's good. It's true. That's so sweet. Absolutely. No, it's um, it is interesting because like, like me when I decided I was going, someone asked me to go to the river to fish for salmon, and I was like, oh, you do that on the fly, and that's how I started fly fishing. I literally was like, oh, you're supposed to do that on the fly, mm-hmm. you know? And I sucked dramatically. Um, <laughs> but I never was like scared of it because I just realized I was going to suck. But I also had the mentality like, oh, I'll figure this out. I'll get it. Right. So I think like, you know, for anyone that's uh, wanting to just get into it, it's like, how many things in your life have you actually started that you're just great at right off the bat? And and that's usually not many people that's, you know, there's the few people out there that are that good at something they just start, but on average, it's not like that. So I don't even know those people. I don't even know those people. (laughs) I I think we see them on TV and they, you know, that's about it. And then it seems like, (laughs) right. Yeah. 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 No, I I mean, agree. I've seen people that like pick up casting really well. True. But that, that course that you did the fly fishing one Oh one, I was kind of curious about that. Um, How did it break down? Yeah. What was the curriculum for it? Yeah. So essentially it started with a classroom session that was on reading water and bugs. Mm. And so we literally just listened to someone talk and then maybe show some pictures of different types of water, like ripples and deep holes and behind rocks, you know, and um, then looked at different bugs that they showed us. And then they would show us like similar flies. And then we went outside cause it was right by a river and we went and we picked up rocks and looked at bugs and would just tell the instructor, Oh, we think this looks like this. And then we just point to some of the water that we thought was, you know, the water that we had talked about where trout might be. And then after that, we did casting. And um, that was that was the 101 class. It was about, I'd say, like four hours, probably for like half day. And we didn't we didn't there was like the option to get a guide. But my dad and I first were like, well, let's let's figure this out. Let's get a better idea before we start spending our money. But after we start picking up rocks and looking at bugs, we're both super excited. Yeah. So that's when we're like, okay, we're going to get, we're going to get some gear. Well, actually he got the gear for me. He was like, I'm not going to do this, but (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I love it. Um, that's like the way to, that's, that's a really good way to get an introduction to fly fishing because I think, you know, like when I was first getting into fly fishing, I was definitely looking on, you know, uh, I don't know if you have this website. It's obviously not going to be use Victoria because I live in Victoria. You don't, but like use Victoria or use Nanaimo or use Vancouver, whatever, wherever you live. So we're looking on those things. And then um, I don't know if Facebook marketplace was a thing at that point, but a lot of people just had like, you know, beginners, fly fishing thing and so i bought i got a lot of like little things like that i didn't get a rod that way i ended up buying a sage rod because i had sage burned in my head from a younger age that that's like what you had to have to fish 
And um, mm-hmm. I wish I didn't have that burden in my head at the time because <laughs> yeah, <a little laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit expensive. And like a sage rod for a beginner is not really, you know, not the best. Necessary. It's, yeah, yeah, it's not necessary. And like I, I now my favorite brand is Echo. Um, and it's inexpensive, but I just love the way the, the rods handle. I can put that rod in anyone's hands and they'll enjoy it. And I have some Did sages, but one? I know I'm, you know, I'm like, shout out to you for getting two pink, <laughs> not one, but two. That's like wild. Well, I, I mean, I knew when the second one came up that that was like, like, this is like a gold mine. Like I haven't found any anywhere. Yeah. So like the first okay. one was a, a very lucky fluke that I went into a fly shop and it was on sale. <laughs> yeah. That is, you know, and if like, I honestly think if I just like came across a pink rod, I probably would buy it too. Just because I'm like, well, you don't see that. No oh, one's yeah. going to have that. Did I love I it. it. I love I having something it? unique. Like <laughs> oh, if I see a pink rod, I'll buy it. And I will, I'll send you I'm a message. Being like, yeah. Like I, I've got the hookup. I found it. <laughs> Well, I mean, I did the same thing I got. um, So I have two Yeti coolers that I like to use for one I use for camping. It's bigger. It's like one Mm -hmm. of the hard ones. And the other one's a soft one that I just use like when I'm day like fishing. They're both pink. I found them both on auctions. (laughs) Like it is hard to find pink things. It is very hard. But if they're there, I will find them. (laughs) Do you, what do you put into the description? Pink shit? Pink, like, I honestly one you just of my, put pink and it like pink fly fishing accessories gear mm-hmm. honestly pink outdoor pink you know it's just a regular part of my search just yeah. browse yeah like <laughs> google know. automatically adds pink you just type anything and it just throws in <laughs> pink it's like auto correct but auto color correct or something <laughs> I, I wouldn't even notice if they did that it would make so much sense <laughs> yeah yeah you'd be like this is normal this does it for everyone like, <laughs> so, i probably typed that <laughs> yeah yeah no that's dope i like me i want to eventually have um and i will have it but i want to get a custom-made rod from one of the rod builders that I had on the podcast, Rainwater Rods, um, super awesome guy. His name's Leonard, uh, but he actually ended up sending me a rod to play with and then told me to keep it. So shout out Leonard. Thank you. I love the rod. Yeah, um, yeah but I want to get him to eventually make me a rod with a purple reel seat. And that is going to be paired up with a purple reel. I love that. Yes. Purple's my jam. Yeah. Purple's your jam. Okay, that's very purple. It's not far. And it's honestly, not- if we're talking steelhead, then it's purple and pink. So like, you know, when I was younger, I was like, no, I like like black and red and like, mm, you know, like have to yeah. have to be a boy about it. <laughs> and then I get into fishing and I'm like, man, pink and purple is just a great color. Wow. <laughs> Let me tell you, the, the rod and reel and pink nails look really good with rainbow trout. Yes, so. they do. They do. And even brown trout. It's, yeah. And that is something that I love. Like, uh, I think when I messaged you, I was like, hey, do you want to talk about fishing in your nails? Like, <laughs> I'm let's like, do absolutely. It. Yeah. Nails and tails, got them both. <laughs> yeah. So how did that um, name come around? Was that something you already had in your head or your friends? 
Oh my God. Yeah. I actually have had it for so long. It was, and it came from, um, it was like a combination of my friends and one of my exes who just got so annoyed that I needed to have my nails done. Like, so like, um, on the regular and I was like, no, I have to have them. And he'd be like, well, we're going outside. Like, what can you just, and I'm like, I'd be like, no, I'm, I'm going to get my nails done. Um, and then him and my friends, a couple of my girlfriends were talking and they were like, oh, she just needs to start like an Instagram about her nails and fish. And then they started brainstorming. What would that be? And nails and tails was born, but it didn't, come to fruition until the end of last year which again i was like when they told me i was like that is funny that's great i love that but i'm not gonna start an instagram like i don't need to do that and then it wasn't until they got me that fly box and they were like okay now you have to do it because we got you the fly box and it says on there i was like okay fine i'll do it it's fun you know just post some pictures and that's like still like the same thing that i deal it's it's awesome for me to be able to share my love for fishing Mm -hmm. and if people like it great not whatever like it's for fun i feel like do you get reached out uh, reached out anyways do women (laughs) reach out to you that sounds more natural about your nails as well like oh my god you know fishing and nails i love that or like any form of that oh yeah all oh, the time. Yeah. I get I get women who will be like, oh my God, I didn't even think I could have my nails done while I fished. And then um, I've had women who will be like, oh, I love that you can do this and then fish and like still do this outdoor thing. Like, you know, I'd love to have my nails done, but I've never thought that I could do like outdoorsy things with my nails or, you know, be super feminine and also at the same time do fly fishing, which is generally speaking, a men's sport, mm-hmm. you will. But, and it, I've been like, hell yeah, you can. You want to see all my pictures? Like, check it out. <laughs> Lots check of different pictures. <laughs> yeah. No, that is, uh, I don't know. I guess I see where they're coming from. Like, you know, if I was into doing my nails to that degree, <laughs> And I wanted to be fishing, I'd probably in my head be like, oh, but not for fishing. Right. So, yeah, you basically like unlock the secret. You're like, you open the door. And that's, and that's kind of the thing is like, okay, open that door, add a pink rod and reel, like little matching outfits. We can be a little fashionable on the river. Why yeah, not? we can. Oh, man. And that's, and that's the, the one thing in the last like, you know, when I first started fly fishing, I was wearing the vest, um, which oh, yeah. no, no, you know, anyone has a vest and and you like it. Hey, that that's your own thing. But to me, that was just like, you know, kind of how you just said, like, you know, fly fishing is a kind of like a man's thing. Um, just from like the image that we received from like seeing fly fishing when we were younger and stuff was just that, you know, trademark, like a a vest with the like big round hat and the like big waiters. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, just everything about it, the, the walking stick with the, the net on the, you know, that's the image, but now it's like, you know, Patagonia or the Patagucci, 
as we like to call it, um, you know, and the, and the, the style comes out. I love the style aspect about it. Like I used to be major into Ralph Lauren. Like my whole wardrobe was Ralph Lauren from socks, shoes, pants, underwear, shirt, you know, sweater, hat, the whole, yeah. like I just was obsessed. And, and then I stopped and I started fishing and then slowly it was like, well, it's got to be Sims on Sims on Sims. Oh, mm-hmm. now it's got to be Patagonia Sims. And it's got to be, you know, and look at this fish pond backpack. That's sick. <laughs> you know, right? so like, there's a total, and that's the shift. I think that's why a lot of younger people are really starting to get into it. Um, amongst it being just awesome and a great way to get out. But the style cool. is there now. You know? Absolutely. It's just more customizable, Way right? More. Like mm-hmm. you think about going skiing and you get to pick your outfit and your helmet and what skis you got and everything. The bandanas, you yeah, know. Yeah, totally. And now yeah. with fly fishing, you're like, okay, I've got, I mean, yeah, you, it's the same thing as like, okay, you need a ski jacket and you need ski pants. You're going to need your sun hoodie and yep. you're going to need your bottom layer, like whether it's pants or shorts and your waders, right? But you have more options now. Now we just need more girl options that are pink. That would be great. But the fact that I have been able to be like, oh my God, I like my fish bond bag, but look at this Patagonia bag. Like this is a different option than just, you know, a couple things. And again, it's, it's just, some people like the camo, some people like the plain colors, like you could do whatever you want. And I was like, recently got a new pack. It's black, but I put all my pink accessories on the outside. So yeah, yeah. I was actually going to bring this up. Is there just for someone like you, uh-huh. is there too much pink? Could you go that far? Is Yes. There is too much. There is a level where it's like, whoa, sister, slow down here. The level is pink waiters. I was going to ask that if they had pink waiters, would you deep dive into that? No, mm-hmm. you've thought of this. This has been a reoccurring thought, thought in your head. You're like, that's where I drive my own line. Ex- yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's just the pink waiters is just, you know, you want to add the pink as mm, the, the f- accessory, mm-hmm. not the whole thing. Yeah. Actually, now that you say that, like thinking about like straight pink, I don't even think like I No, I think the color waiters in general, like I wouldn't want like gray, black, um, Mm -hmm. you know, camouflage. I think those are like kind of my what I would want. I don't think I would ever want to put waiters on that were like dark blue or well, maybe dark blue could get away, especially if it was like gray and dark blue. I think if if it's like a Navy. Yeah. Like a super dark blue, but yeah, if it was ever like lime green weight, you know, and I don't think they would ever do that. Lime green waiters or like red ones. Like it's mind you. I recently saw a photo of myself and the first day of school and my mom had me tricked out in like all the like Nike gear back then, like just, you know, lime green, like just hot colors. And I was like, mom, that is the sickest photo of myself I've ever seen. <laughs> like I look so sick 
And and that was just like she didn't even think about it. She just like, oh, these are cute, and like you know, dress me up. But I was like, do you know how sick that is, mom? Like if I had that clothes right now, I'd be wearing that because that is like. And she had this other shirt of me with like, um, basically it's like the first shirt that ever had emojis on it prior to it being emojis but it was like cherries and bananas and stuff but it's just the sickest i'm like mom what happened why'd you start buying me like random clothes in my like older years but in my like youngest clothes i'm the coolest kid out there like what happened (laughs) this is what i needed yeah but see that's what you would use as like your shirt or Mm -hmm. your hat not Mm -hmm. your waders right yeah, for me, it's it's a hundred percent like, like you said, I, I and I, there's a big, like a lot of the fly fishing, especially like the upper wear, um, you know, like shirts and jackets, um, even like the more summer windbreaker style jackets. Those are all things that you know, ten years ago, you probably wouldn't wear out to dinner, but now could, and it would like totally like one of my. Um, Sims jacket, it's so nice, and like I wear yeah. it if it's raining, I'm wearing that, and it's a nice jacket. And then like, um, you know, I got Sim shirts that like, yeah, they have some form of fish on them or whatever, or say Sims, but it just looks like a nice shirt. Like it, absolutely, it's, it's, it's more versatile. It's it, and that's great. Yeah. And you know what I just thought about, which I do actually do, is you can get a fun waiting belt. Yes. Yes. I really want the, uh, yeah. I saw someone, um, forgetting who I saw them, but it was a brown trout belt. And I was like, oh, nice. Yes. Okay. So I have, um, it's a Wingo outdoors collaboration with casting for recovery, mm. um, which is, I love casting for recovery. They're my absolute like favorite organization. Um, but it's like a rainbow trout or brown trout, either one, because it's all pink. So okay. You don't know which one it is. It's just straight pink. Yeah. Which is awesome and mm-hmm. fantastic. I, I actually do go to Casting for Recovery's website for a lot of things because theirs is... Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Casting I'm for Recovery. I'm not 100% sure, but I kind of... I, th- yeah. I feel like I've heard about it before. I just can't... I'm not putting a full... Totally. Thing so to it. it's... Um, this really awesome organization. So essentially what they do is they focus on women with breast cancer and they'll put on fly fishing retreats for these women. And in these retreats, they'll not only fly fish, the goal isn't necessarily to catch fish, but it is to help them become confident in what they're doing and being on the river and like learning a skill and kind of the same thing as, you know what, you're getting out there and you're not thinking about all of these things that are going on in your life. And on top of that, what they do is they bring in like licensed professionals to talk with them and they have like focus groups and everything to like review, like what they're going through and make sure that they're supported and everything. So that's super close to me. Number one, because of fly fishing and number two, because my mom actually passed away from cancer and it wasn't breast cancer, but it was still, you know, a debilitating disease that, she could have used some support and confidence with. And 100%. so 
I absolutely love supporting them, not just because they got the pink stuff, but I do love that. It's a little <laughs> bit. Yeah, <laughs> There's a small percentage. Piece of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they're a they're a really awesome organization that has just um I love reading the testimonials from the women that have gone there and, yeah. and spoken to, you know, what that these retreats have done for them while they go through this crazy life altering event. Um, and then they, they get to wear pink. Yeah. Win, win everyone. Win, win. win. (laughs) Yeah. And I like, I, there's so many reasons that I just absolutely love fly fishing. Um, and you know, in the last like month and a bit, I haven't actually been out fishing, but I've gotten the chance to just talk with people and it's been, you know, that's a huge aspect of it too, is like the community behind it is just absolutely, absolutely amazing. I mean, the amount of programs or or groups there are in fly fishing, you know, fly fishing for veterans or breast cancer, mm-hmm. or, um, you know, people in abusive whatever scenarios. And there's like, there's so many programs to support them and it, my hobby's fly fishing, so I don't actually know about the other hobbies, but I don't feel like there's that level of, you know, for other right. hobbies. I can't, I, I just don't know. So there could be, and I could be wrong, but like in my mind, I'm like, wow, what a, oh, sorry about that. But yeah, we're just going to, there's just so much to the opportunity. I'm just going to let it ring for a second. That's yeah, that's fine. Yeah. There we go. Dan answered. Dan the man, he's always on the phone. The he's got a lot going on, that man. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like I can't, you know, when I was younger, I used to, I didn't have as much care. Like I even, not that I like didn't want to live, but like I didn't really have like anything in my mind. I was like, oh, I want to grow old doing that. And I remember when yeah. I really got into fly fishing, I was like, shit, I better clean up my act. Like I want to, I want to be that old guy on the river sitting in a chair as like the salmon runs happening, just casting out to salmon and, and just slaying them as like these young kids are watching me. Like, what is he doing? How is he doing that? You know, I was like, I got dreams now, you know, an aspiration yeah. to, to succeed in this like fly fishing thing. But then, you know, and the majority, like I've met very few people in fly fishing that I'm like, I don't even think I've ever really met anyone in the fly fishing that I'm like, Oh, I don't like you. You know, like I can't. It's amazing. It's amazing. Um, and, I'm, and the I'm amount the of help, you. you know? Yeah. It's yeah I mean, you, you think about it just like you were saying, like all these organizations that exist within the, like the fly fishing realm that help other people, especially those who are going through like difficult or traumatic situations. Like it just is an, attest to how whatever word you want to use healing or you know peaceful or just distracting that fly fishing can be that can help so many and then on top of it like I think that is ultimately like what everyone wants like I didn't I wouldn't consider myself to actually have a true hobby like I liked skiing but and I do like skiing still Mm-hmm. But until I found fly fishing, I wasn't, I couldn't tell you something that I was like, oh my God, I love doing this. Yeah. Like this brings me something that like is like 
helps complete me a little bit. That sounds cheesy, but it's true. I feel how it. I feel. I feel and, it. and you can see that in like everyone who actually sincerely does it. And I have met some fantastic, some amazing people who have just, you know, welcomed me in. And that's been incredible. Like, I'll be honest with you, not all my girlfriends like to fly fish uh, in the sense that I do, where I'm like, okay, I want to go at like 6 a.m. and we're not going to leave until the sun's going down, but we'll bring everything and we'll, you know, we'll have food and drinks and everything, but like, you know, we're staying for that long. Yeah, yeah. But I have been able to just randomly on the river find people that I've just been like, Hey, like what's working or how's it going that I've like literally made like long-term friendships with, which is awesome that this hobby, which seems more than a hobby can connect Mm -hmm. everyone like that. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know if everyone's had this experience and I I know female and male might be a little bit different, but in terms of like being a male and, and doing things sometimes there can be a bit of a standoffish um approach to a lot of things or just like how males can sometimes mm-hmm. communicate especially when they don't know each other um it can it can go both ways like it's really dependent on the the people and how things were approached but a lot of um the things that i kind of got into there was a bit of this like weird thing but fly fishing like no oh, it just like it was like the, the ice was already broken upon right. seeing each other. Like, oh, hey, how was your day? Oh, yeah? yeah? I was using this. Oh, you use that? Oh, I should try that next time, you know? Mm-hmm. Or like, mm-hmm. oh, you want to go fish together? Sure. Boom. Like, what? <laughs> sure. Like, okay, yeah. fine. Like, I just, like, randomly ended up camping with a group of people who were visiting from Colorado or not from Colorado, from Illinois in Colorado mm-hmm. and ended up fishing with them for three days. Yeah. Like it's amazing how that happened. And like, I'll do the same thing. Like I was, um, a couple months ago fishing and it was like, there was like barely a hatch coming off. But I saw fish rising and I was like, I'm going to throw dry and we'll just see. Like, I can't really see anything coming off, but we'll just see if the fish want it. And I had so much, much success. And I like went back to my car. I was leaving early and I heard this group talking about how they caught nothing. And like, they, you know, they don't know what they're going to do for the afternoon. And I walked over and I was like, here's some flies. These are the ones that worked. And because I've had people do that for me, yeah, you know, which is amazing. And I, I'm not saying that there aren't some people on the river who are a little bit like, well, I'm not going to tell you what I'm using because yeah, whatever, but way more people are yeah. open to like just chatting about how their day was, like you said, and you know, what's working and what's not working and what hatch they're seeing and anything like that. And that's, that's been the biggest thing for me since I usually head out and fish on my own. Mm. And I love that. I do like fishing on my own, but sometimes it's really fun to fish with a group too. Yeah. Yeah. And I it's, like them on the river. I love being on the Yeah, exactly. I think maybe like there's a bit of a correlation between um, like you automatically, when you see someone out there with the gear, with the rod, 
you know, or I guess that's the gear. So like, yeah, all the gear they need and they're having a tough day. You went through that. So it's like, you can really relate to the fact that they like, you know, if I got to a lake to go like fish power bait or worms and someone was having a tough time, I'd be like, well, did you try, you know, this, it wouldn't be as like, but if they are having a tough time with fly fishing, I'd be like, okay, let's go through your box right now. Let's see what you got. Okay. Now let's look at my box. Have you tried? Okay. Here, take these three flies, you know, here, let me show you this one spot. You know, I, I find that there was a lot of time where it was like, I was very afraid if people like saw where I was catching fish. Like yeah. If there's someone behind me, I would go fish somewhere else just so that they wouldn't see me go stand on that one rock or something. But right. now I have like, no worry about that. I'm like, I, That's I, how I am too. I snorkeled I, the river a few times and saw what I saw. And I was like, Oh yeah, I just suck at fishing. Okay. <laughs> I got to step up my game here. Yep. Yeah. You know, so there's less of a worry you know, I like even steelhead. If someone like if a gear guy just went through with the pin, I'm like, whatever. I'm still swinging through here, and I've still got fish. You know, and absolutely. I mean, I I think also maybe it's I because I, I remember when I had that same point where I was like, oh, for some reason, like I was at some point I was told that I can't tell people the spots that I fish and or what I'm being successful with, which I think is so silly. Because especially when I'm there, like I can tell them what I'm fishing with and it doesn't mean they're going to catch anything. Yeah, that's the big thing. That is the huge thing actually. Right? So it's like, why do you even care? Like, but but at the same time, like you said, like we both went through that phase where it was like, Mm -hmm. oh, like we got to, we got to hide where we're catching fish. Yeah. Like if I know, like if one of a couple of my buddies who are really good at, um, at angling and when we go out, I feel like there's an understanding that like whoever goes to the spot is going to get that fish. So you have to like almost be willing to not get that fish. But then it's like, like you said, you know, I, I generally fish with people. I very rarely get to go on my own because I'm a very much a people person. Um, you know, I'd rather catch less fish and have a buddy to chat with. Absolutely. Yeah you know, we just, we have a little bit of like a very tight knit group of, you know, maybe five of us that love fishing together. And there's usually always one, two people that go. So we're already heading to the same river. You know, we're on an Island, unless you're driving a much longer distance, then you're kind of limited. There's the cow gym, the one that I guide on and that I absolutely love. And it's like my home water and it's basically the only system on the Island with brown trout. Um, and it also gets steelhead and then all the, all the salmon. So, you know, Sounds like a it, good spot. it is a great spot and it's a great river. It's big. Um, you know, you can drift it. There's three different drifts on it, or I guess maybe like you can say there's kind of like four different drifts on it, I guess. Anyways. Um, yeah, it's, it's a great spot, but it's a tough river to fish. You know, my buddy was just in our, is in Alberta right now fishing the bow river. I don't know if you've ever, done the bow river or heard of the bow river and i haven't Calgary. done it but i've heard of that okay yeah. so like he's out there and he's sending me snapchat after snapchat of browns him catching browns and it's like that doesn't happen out here you could go all day and catch like three browns and you 
yeah. work the water hard. And he's just out there like doing dry droppers, which we can't do in BC. And he's just like hooking brown. So it's like, you, you can't know, do dry droppers in BC. You can't do it. And nowhere in BC can you use two flies, all barbless, no indicators or split shots in fly only areas. What? I don't even know what that would be like. So, like, if I went to Colorado or if I went to Alberta, not to say I would be, like, the best thing ever, but I feel like it would be, obviously, a whole new learning curve because I'd never use indicators. I don't even... I've used indicators for lakes. But I've I've used the indicators maybe 10 times on a river. Um, That is wild. Yeah, I've done a split shot setup, like, maybe three or four times. I don't even know. What to, I yeah, that's where I come in with urinating, so I don't even need it at this point. But that's crazy. I mean, I've seen people urinating, but I haven't gotten into it yet. But I'm just like thinking about like that's like the heroin of fly fishing. Yeah. <laughs> I heroin. have to if I'm if I'm deciding like today I'm going to fish bait fish patterns. I literally have to like leave my urinating set up at home, or else I'll just start urinating. Have you ever been mousing? Yeah. I just went mousing for the first time. I saw that photo. Yeah. I loved it. It's, I, I feel like a Jedi. That's the other thing. I love fly fishing because you feel like you're part of the, you're one with the force, you know, you're like, you're like, I feel some shit that like, you know, the average person can't do right off the bat. You know what I mean? Like anyone could take a, uh, like a heavy bait rod and like throw out something and wait an hour or two for a, for a bite, but to like go out at night in the pitch black and like hear a fish slap or, or just a gulp and know like, okay, I need to cast right here and then like do the same, the right distance. Like it, Oh, epic. Oh, the nighttime thing was totally. Yeah. You're I'm in the right. Okay. You're in the right area. Like my, the cowgen right now is closed. It's too low and too hot. So it's closed. Mm-hmm. It closes, um, I believe, June 15th. So you can do mousing, though, because that's just one fly. That's no yeah. way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we can mouse. I'm um, just, like, trying to think of, like, what you can do. <laughs> what can you do? Yeah, you can just, you can do everything. You can do just one fly at all times. Yeah, I guess if you, no, actually, no, you cannot put another fly on even if you cut off the hook because then that other fly would be like an indicator. So that would, you still can't do that. So yeah, you legitimately can only have one fly on, um, you know, and I've been at the river and been like, what if I just tried it? And then mm-hmm. I'm like, nah, whatever. It's, it's yeah. considered illegal. I don't need to go down that road. So what if it's like super deep water? Super deep water, massive tungsten. Like I got 6.3 mils. No way. Yeah. Euro nymphing, right? Like that's the thing when I, before I Euro nymph, like during the winter, our water can be like two meters. um, So that's like six feet. So, you know, and that's obvious and and then fast. So, and during the, yeah. And during the winter, like, October, November would be uh, when the coho and spring salmon are coming into the river and spawning. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. then it would all the trout would be on eggs and like egg sucking leeches and stuff. So mm-hmm. you're basically only fishing eggs. I'm just looking around to see if I have any, but I don't. Yeah, just but out yeah, of like, you know, I'm 
I'm I'll strange. show you this because you'll be like, you'll be proud of me. This is only because you're super into pink. And, oh, right? hell yes. Here's a, a slotted 6.3 mil tungsten bead. Okay, so that's just like a super heavy bead. Yeah. That you're like, this is my egg and this is what the fish um, are going to Well, we still put the foam on it, um, you know, and then I get them in all different colors. Like here's a peach one. That's mm-hmm. a good one if if anyone's on the other. Huge tungsten beads, dang. Yeah, but that's the thing is like, I can fish that no problem. If yeah. you were if you were your first day or someone that's never fished fly fished and it was their first day year on nymphing, I probably wouldn't put them on a six point three, just because like I know how to like I'll move my rod up and down a little bit to give it some movement so it's not just like mm-hmm. a dead drift that's straight line. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, definitely like heavy tungsten beads. Um, like for my stone flies, I'll usually like I would say once the water starts to come down, more like in the like one point um, five to one meter, I would probably yeah. be running like more like four point threes and maybe three point fives. Okay. You know, wow. so I'd, I'd definitely be going down in in size. I feel and like then I'm if, cheating now. <laughs> Yeah, there's advantages to not being in like super fast deep water, but also the pockets. And I guess I go for rainbows a lot of the time. Um, mm-hmm. I do like I do go for browns, but like my brain targets rainbows. When like if there is three of us picking spots, I would be like the first one onto a rainbow, and my buddies, well, my one mm-hmm. good buddy, he would probably be the first one onto a brown, just like by instinct. So yeah. I have to go look for browns and he looks for rainbows kind of thing. Like it's interesting how my brain picks up on uh, rainbow. rainbow water really easily. And him, he picks up on brown water really easily. So now we share our knowledge, right? Perfect. Yeah. And that's See, like, like thinking about when I throw on an attractor fly and then I'm like, okay, I've got these two little guys and one of them might work. Maybe both of them. Let me put both on. And mm-hmm. you get one fly, and I'm like, I literally will throw three flies on sometimes. Like, I'm cheating. <laughs> now yeah, that I hear what you have to do. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, um, but it's, you know, I never, I've never been in another way, so I don't even know what that would be like. So you would probably be in a challenge, and then I would also be in a challenge, because I'd be like, there's two flies, I'm tangled everywhere. But I guess you, like, realistically, you don't probably get, at, like, tangled constantly. Maybe if you didn't know how to cast, but if you know how to cast, exactly. then it's probably pretty fine. I would imagine. Yeah, it's really just the, um, I mean, the main the main times I get tangled nowadays is when I get too excited about a fish taking my yeah. fly and then I just way yeah. too quick. Yeah. And that's, that's really like the biggest tangle. But beyond that, I mean, unless you're still figuring out how to cast and, yeah. you know. Like the three flies isn't bad, especially because we're not using such heavy tungsten beads because you're using multiple flies. Right? Yeah. So you'll still have the same weight probably, or actually probably less. Distributed. Um, but just distributed. Yeah. I would, I honestly would love to go and try that um, just for the experience in itself, just to like see how it would be. Cause yeah, I definitely understand the advantages to having, you know, like you could literally have like, the nymph, the emerger, and the dry fly in a setup. Right. That, right. And then and then be like, oh, it's the the emerger that keeps hitting. 
perfect, you know, and then you switch up from there and then all of a sudden, or, or it changes throughout the day. Like that's really cool. But I feel like, yeah, I wouldn't even know. Like I, I now pay attention to water so much that, you know, picking my one fly, I usually, and I've really dumbed it down. I've like, when I started guiding, I started realizing how like basic you can make flies and still like really precise you know, nice. you, can, you can get a lot of flies or a lot of fish. On You're basic not going to believe this. This is going to be shocking to you, hmm. but I essentially exclusively tie pink flies. <laughs> yes. I actually have one that I use during the winter. That's like a little pink warrior. I call it the pink warrior. Yes. Or, and, uh, and I do a purple warrior. Um, because purple is your color. Purple. Honestly, I like purple started provides. <laughs> yes. I started tying this, um, I don't know. I just kind of made it up. It's uh, like a super small, short pink pertagon. And I just put some sparkly stuff on it and some pink and whatever. And it did so well this spring. It was wild. And I was like, I'm just making this for fun. Yeah. You just wanted to fish pink. And then the the fish were like, all right, all right. I I accept your pink offering. That's so my sick. dad even I showed my dad what I was tying and my dad was like, So are you gonna tie like anything natural that the fish would actually eat? That's so <laughs> funny. Like, He's like a little choked in a sense. He's like, pink again. And totally. like, why is that working? <laughs> you know what, Dad? I'm gonna send you pictures of this work. <laughs> yeah, that is so funny. It's you know, and that's that really it doesn't shock me at this point. Nothing in fly fishing seems to shock me anymore because I'm like their curiosity or they're like, you know, if, if it's different, like, I don't know. It's I'll, so I'll cool. I I've tied that. some, I've tied some weird pink things that I haven't thrown yet. And you're which, like one day. Like I have this hot pink, weird leech type yeah. thing. And if I ever catch a fish on that, that will be like my greatest accomplishment. <laughs> you love pink salmon. You just tie this little pink handlebar. You could fish that all day and just slap them. See, this is, they sound like my type of fish. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I love fishing pink salmon. They're super like for, a let's say three to six pound fish on average. They oh, fight yeah. so hard and you get, you can get them in estuaries. So like mm-hmm. on the ocean. Epic. That sounds Epic amazing. Fish. Yeah. Gonna and then just like there. it's not a bad place to be. Um, vice versa. I would just definitely need to get out to Colorado. So I, you guide like August to I, so I guess like I'm going right now to the Kootenays in August for a couple of months, but I could already be out oh. there in theory, but I have yeah. a little I have my son, so I didn't want to be away from him that way that long, but he'll be very occupied this summer. He has a lot of awesome stuff that he'll be doing. So he nice. might not even, not even think about me. Sad Ow. face. And no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, no, he'll be busy and I'll be busy. So that's, that's nice. But yeah, I don't think I could have done more than two months and he'll be coming with mom to, to visit me halfway through my season there, well, but I could basically start. I think it's October. Uh, September, September 15th, maybe that the river opens, but I feel like mm-hmm. I usually start fishing it in October and that's when the, um, the salmon start to come in. So like my guiding season starts 
like October and then October, November, and then December gets pretty slow. And then February up to this, this year we were able to pretty much fish until um, like June into June. Um, Really? Yeah. Which was like, it normally isn't like this, but October was actually like very low water. So it was like later October that it started getting, whereas normally October would be like good, great water. Yeah. So yeah, things are, things are changing and shifting a little bit, I think, but. I think that's like how it's just been like everywhere. Like when I went to Arkansas for mousing, like the waters, they anticipated a bunch of rain so they like released a ton of water from the dam and then the rain didn't come. So then they were like, Oh, low waters. And it was like, I mean, luckily still caught a great fish, but. <laughs> and I did it um, with pink nails. What up? <laughs> so my, my dad and I actually, like I mentioned, my dad doesn't really fly fish except for um, with me, but we go on a fly fishing trip every year because he's awesome. Super supportive father. Um, so this year was Arkansas. So next year, we yeah. don't know yet. Yeah. Could be for some nice pink salmon. It could be. That would be like, um, end of July, August. Yeah. End of July, August. Yeah. That would See? be like, yeah. And it's cool too. Cause so you could probably be fishing pink salmon, maybe even a little bit before that. But so we're on an Island that basically looks, you know, let's say a rectangle, um, the top of the island is like north and then bottom is south. And so like the salmon will start to trickle in at the top. And then like every couple of weeks kind of thing, they start to go into another system. Right. Okay. That's, you know, that's not exactly, but it's basically how yeah. it goes. So it, we can start fishing salmon in like, yeah. Um, July at the very top of the island and then all the way into like October, November at the bottom of the island. Oh, wow. So it's, it's cool because like on this Island, even though like the Cowgen river and like, uh, closes and stuff, and then like trout fishing is different. Then we got sea run cutthroat all around the Island. So we can fish sea run cutthroat. We got, um, how big do those get? Uh, depending where you go, definitely can change, but yeah, they can definitely get into like the four or five pound range. Um, and they're just aggressive, but they're not always there. So like you follow the tides and you'd show up. Mm-hmm. Like maybe out of 10 times, you only get into them a few times, especially when you're first starting out, you'd probably not oh, yeah. find them very often, but then you start to kind of hone in on it and, and yeah, they're great. And then they would be going and going after like the bait or the, uh, the salmon smolt and stuff that are coming out of the creeks and rivers and, and whatnot. Um, and then of course, chronomid and like lakes are starting to kind of heat up and bump up and all that. And then, then yeah, then into salmon season, fish salmon season till you know October, November ish, depending where you go and depending if they're late or early or all that. And then uh, then you're going into like great trout season, and then you're going into steelhead season. And we get steelhead basically twelve months out of the year on the island. So there's summer, spring, and winter runs. Um, but you need to know you need to know where to go. And yeah. yeah. So like, if you're willing to change up your styles and you're willing to like actually put in the time and dedication, you can fish, you fly fish 12 months out of the year. Um, 
And then you can also do like in the ocean, you can, if you know what you're doing, you can go for like rock cod, ling cod, uh, salmon on the fly, like out in the ocean. Yeah. There's, wow. there's cool I've, opportunities. And I guess any coastline could have that as well. I shouldn't say. I've never done like, any saltwater fishing, but I want to. It's, it's sweet. Like I haven't done any like, you know, Bahamas or anything, but mm-hmm. being out on the ocean, it's tougher on your, your gear. So you have to have like, right. at, at least wash it after or rinse it I really bring well. The pink rod. Don't bring the pink rod, bring the just average black rod, whatever, or, rod. you know, the whatever rod. <laughs> um, so you do need to think like even your hooks need to be like nickel plated or whatever. Oh, okay. um, that's, that's food for thought, but yeah, it's, it's, that's why I have a guide. That's why you'd have a guide. It's, you know, and, but I mean, yeah, so just like being on a river or being on a lake or, you know, the ocean is just like magical as well. I love like sunsets and the sunrises on the ocean. That's always like really breathtaking and it's even cooler. Big than sunset catching fish. Yeah. So. Big sunset. Yeah. No, I've been actually good. so mad because Colorado has like not had our normal sunsets this summer. Because of all the rain oh, and yeah. the smoke. Oh, yeah. yeah. How's that smoke stuff treating you guys? Pretty rough. We had bad air quality. We had an air quality alert today. Um, but it's nothing like it was before. And it's nothing like New York was like a however many weeks back, like a month ago, when it was like orange skies and scary. That's, I guess... Another thing that we don't generally deal with for too long, like we have had due to forest fires, like bad air quality, but on an island. So wind blows it away. I mean, I was surprised that we got so much from Canada. I was like, geez, that's a lot of smoke making its way. I saw on like Google Maps the... uh, they have this new thing that shows forest fires and I like clicked on it and it just like lit up the whole, you know, like all North of- America. I was like, Oh my goodness. Right. It's Crazy. Insane. It is insane. I don't like it. Nope. Not about it. I want my sunset. As long as it stays away from where I'm going to guide and where I'm going to that festival. Then you're good. I'm okay. My sunset. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, now we can't all be winners out here. <laughs> <laughs> At least one of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's um, yeah. I, I didn't even really think of that till you brought it up. But that's crazy. I hope uh, I hope that kind of deals itself and nobody gets hurt. I know. So, I know. It's scary stuff. Yeah, forest fires. Like we had, I guess last year we had a bit of a fire alert close to me and it was definitely like that was an eye-opener because I never really dealt with it but I was like oh yeah like that's hardcore like right away it was like it can be intense like we got like I said we live on a farm so we got animals so then that's like running through the head like oh shit what do we do and luckily we had neighbors that were like hey we got trailers we can come pick up your animals and like people it was, they were talking, they were like contacting us and letting, let, letting us know what they can do for us. Like and that so sounds that, great though. Yeah. I think. Like not the circumstance, but that you had like people reaching out. Yeah. We have like, so we run a, it's a therapeutic farm. Um, 
Um, so we have like a, quite a few rescue animals, but then it's, we run programs for kids like um, parent and toddler groups and uh, summer camps and winter camps and all this stuff. Um, so yeah, the community has really gone by us. We have a lot of like uh, volunteers that come by and, and do stuff and, yeah, it's just, it's been a really cool experience and seeing everyone kind of come through in that kind of time when there was a bit of a, a fire warning was, you know, yeah, it makes you feel good. Like, you know, and that's how things should be communities yeah. taking care of each other and like looking out for everyone. A hundred percent. And it's, yeah. I don't know. I think obviously I'm glad that like nothing like crazy actually happened, but it is, it must be like a little bit um, reassuring to just be like okay like yeah god forbid something does happen we will be able to figure it out though yeah that it is and it you know once again like i said i never really had to like think of that like you know i know down in the u.s there's like hurricanes and stuff and like you see it on tv but you don't process yeah, it, it doesn't connect yeah it's it's not like you're actually in it or you have family who's like you know mm -hmm. their house is flooding like i can't fully picture that because it's hard. Right. Like I get it. Okay. So your house is, you know, but then it's like, it, that doesn't, but when you're actually like, Oh shit. Okay. What do I grab? Oh, okay. Uh, none of my fishing gear. Cause that's like, or yes, all my fishing. Oh shit. What do we do? <laughs> you know? Oh no. My family photos. Like, <clears throat> Oh no. <laughs> uh, you know, and then you're starting to prioritize things and you're like, shit, fishing yeah. might not be the top priority, but <laughs> Sure feels I like have, it. I have thought about that and I'm like, I, mean, I wouldn't grab my fishing pack, but I would grab the pink rod. I yeah, you'd to. be on that pink rod real quick. I All the pink to. stuff. Yeah. Pink suitcase carrying everything pink. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it is like it's intense, but no. Um, so you did mention that you just got into fly tying, like it's kind of a more recent thing that you're starting. Mm-hmm. Super, super recent. Cool. Um, but the coolest thing ever when I caught a fish on a fly that I tied my mm. thing, I was like, Oh, this fish wanted a home cooked meal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and was it pink? Of course it was. Ooh. Yes. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. just figured out a life hack that nobody, well, I, I'm sure someone else out there figured out a pink fly, but Absolutely. no one's I talking mean, about it. No one's talking about yet. it. But mm -hmm. hey, it's gonna mm -hmm. all of a sudden hey the Barbie movie's coming out. Like oh, yeah. there's gonna be a pink fly out there that's yeah, just waiting that's to so, hit the market. <laughs> that's hilarious. No, that's awesome. And uh what kind of sparked the like did you always kind of want to get into fly tying or was it more like you just were like, Okay, now I'm fully in fly fishing and I have to tie my own like what was the thought process? It was a little bit of both. It was, okay, I'm to the point where I feel confident on the river now. Um, and I, it would be really cool if I could tie some of my own flies. I also heard, I was like, my initial thought was, oh, I'm going to save some money by doing this. <laughs> the jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Little did I know that that the, doesn't actually save money. The only way it would save money is if you only tied, let's say, the pink fly, so you only needed those hooks, you only needed those beads, you only needed that thread, and you only needed the tools that you needed in that moment. That's the only okay. way it would save you money. 
But the second you're like, I'm going to try a streamer, boom, there's another couple hundred dollars. Done. You're obviously going to want two different streamers. You don't want the same one. So now you need a, you know, and then like, oh shit, like my friend mm-hmm. types them with this on it. Like, I need slippery yep. slope, people, <laughs> slippery slope. That when that's what I didn't know. And then mm-hmm. I found out, but here we are. <laughs> I did the exact same thing. I was like, oh, like if I'm $4 for a fly or, you know, Canadian prices. So that's probably like $2 and 50 cents for you guys, but you know, like expensive. And then I'm like, Oh, I might as well tie my own flies. They'll save me a big, big amount of money. I got like three grand plus in fly tying material. That's not even a joke. Like I don't even, I probably more than that, but that's just like a rough estimate. And I know that because I'm looking at everything that says $10, $10, $10, $10, $5, $25, you know, like. Oh, yeah. And then it's like, oh, if I'm like thinking I want to just tie like one other fly, like recently I was like, I'm going to tie some mercury images for this spot on South Platte that I really like to go to. Mm -hmm. But then I had to buy all the specific beads and I needed a different color wire and I had the thread. That was great. But I needed a different hook. So it's like, okay, one other fly. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's going to cost me way more. It's the only I, addiction that you don't really need to go get help for, you know, unless you, you have a, a spending problem where you can't control your spending, which, you know, that yeah. happened to that happened to me when I first got into fly fishing, but I learned how to control it and to like taper it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. No, it absolutely. Um, I mean, again, thought I was going to save money did not save money. <laughs> yeah. But I also know that I have like for these, I've really only tied um, nymphs and a couple, a couple streamers so far. I haven't gotten into dry flies, which I will um, eventually. But even just for those, I'm like, I have enough material to tie flies, these flies for years. <laughs> <laughs> Like I can't buy less, no. but this is where it is. But it's been, it's been super fun to learn and to, mm-hmm. to keep going. And I'm, you know, I'll tie a fly and I'll be like, wow, this is a really shitty fly, but I'm going to probably yeah. fish it anyways and just see what happens. And Amen then to that. on my fifth, on my fifth try, oh, this is looking good now. There we go. There we go. Yes. So, I mean, like everything we were talking about, even like fly fishing, like you're, I'm, for the, except for those who are exceptionally talented, mm-hmm. yes. somehow naturally. I don't know them, but yes, I, I don't know them those either. people. <laughs> <laughs> it will take quite a few tries. And yeah. then once I got it, like I remember I was like, okay, yes, I got this. Um, I got the steam image down like really great. Like I feel mm-hmm. so good about this. This is awesome. And then like three weeks later, I was like, okay, I'm going to tie this again. And then it just looked Went to shit. awful again. And I was like, okay, we're restarting. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. So um, at the same time, it's been like something super fun to just kind of do and again, get your mind off things and stay busy. And I decorated my, um, I have a box that I keep all my fly tying material. Obviously it's mostly pink now. 
Yes. I, I, you know, I, I'm picking up this pattern that I'm seeing from you and I'm starting, like you could say, Oh, I got this thing. And like in my head, I'm like, but it's pink. And then you're like, it's pink. And like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) got it. No. And I, that's something that's like really captivated me about fly fishing is how engaging it is even off the water. Right. You can really, and like now, you know, having a kid being so busy and like kind of the, the podcast and stuff, I just don't tie flies as often. And if I do, it's like, you know, same with the podcast, you know, you know like even today I had to figure out something to make sure you mm-hmm. know, grandma, grandma puts the, the kid down. Um, so I was able to do this and, or it would be at 8 PM. I start the podcast and then I'm up till right. nine, 10 and I wake up at, you know, 6 a.m. So like, and then also you're doing like eight things, eight things at once, you know? And, and so I had to get choosy on it. So now it's like, I haven't fished for a while and I haven't um, tied flies for a while, which are two things I love, but then I get the, I get something out of fly fishing still because of this podcast. So it's like, I'm still getting fed these things um, yeah. you know, and <clears throat> I'm at the point too, where I'm not like desperate to go fishing anymore. Well, so, you've also got plans though. Well, and when I got, like, when I got to go, when I started guiding it, like kind of, it made me relax so much more because I just was like, Oh, I'm going to be on the water all the time. Yeah. So like, <clears throat> you know, and I know I'm leaving for two months to go guiding. So like in my brain, I was like, yes, I want to spend more time with my kid and I want to do <laughs> button up things around the house and like weekends I can like, you know, spend more time with him. And, and I, you know, whereas if like, if I didn't, wasn't off going, you know, to go guide and like go fish this cool water that I've never fished before for a couple months, I would probably be like losing my shit like what the hell's going on here i gotta get out exactly you know knowing that's coming i'm like all right i can i can set up myself you know i have to get fix my dry box for my my raft and and uh Mm -hmm. you know that's the thing though is it's like so i'm going back to arkansas on tuesday take me with you okay okay (laughs) that sounds so sick how far is it from colorado um it's so it's i fly into springfield missouri which is a quick flight it's like just under two hours then okay. it's a two-hour drive um to the white river which okay. honestly isn't that bad truly no. so but like for me since i got back from arkansas which was like a week ago mm-hmm. i think um, or maybe two weeks ago, I haven't been fishing. I've just been, I've been focusing on my interviews and, mm-hmm. um, I've just, like you said, kind of been buttoning things up because I know I'm going on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. If I weren't going on Tuesday, if I didn't have plans, it would be like, <laughs> shit's falling apart. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't have plans to fish. What do I do? Yeah. Cause it's just, that's, you know, like you said, you need some sort of like engagement, like, whether it's the podcast or time flies or being on the river. I mean, I got um, a book that I'm reading right now on trout feeding patterns and I'm just learning different things. Like there's, I also love that there's always something to learn fly fishing. That's, uh, that is a really good point. Like there is even the greats, you know, the people we look up to, they're still like, Oh, and I like this, you know, they're still learning new stuff. That's like, 
uh, you know, and I guess everything's kind of like that, but at the same time, like this really is like that. Like there is literally, you know, no matter how much time on the water you have, you'll be learning stuff or seeing new shit or 100%. being surprised and shocked at one thing. Yeah. Um, and that's why I like, again, like listening to podcasts, reading books, like hearing about other experiences, like not, not only does it give me ideas on, Oh, where should I go next to find some fish? But okay, I did not think about this technique. Oh my God, I didn't know that there were places where you can only fish one fly and no weight. And core everyone. What? (laughs) So, I mean, it's just cool things that you're just like constantly learning. And I think, like you said, you can say that about some things, but like not most things, not most hobbies. Yeah, not most hot, like, it, I, and I'm sure anyone could, like, dispute it with us and, and get sure. their point across and they probably make us agree to an extent. But, yeah, it's really, like, there is just, you know, there, it's an animal. There's no way we would ever be able to predict every time everything that's going to happen. You could have, like, a pretty sure guess, but, like, you know, I, I've talked to... You know, I guess like 85 people. I've done 85 episodes. I guess not because I did these other episodes where it was like a group of my friends or whatever that were chatting. So, so in the eighties, so I've talked to like 80 people about fly fishing and no one has yet been like, I know everything, you know, it's just not a thing. Yeah. Everyone's like, no, nope, still learning. Still. Well, like, and that's the baffled. thing that we, you've got entomology and then you've got like the science behind like this book about like trout feeding patterns is talking about, What's it called? Oh my God. I wish I could remember. Mm. I'm going to find it. I'm going to send it to you. I'm going to send it to you. But like the whole beginning is just like, it's like the scientific part about like the ecosystem and like the different layers. And like, I'm like, okay, I feel like I'm back in like science class, Mm -hmm. but this is like the interesting thing where, Hey, if I know some of this information and even if I like, thought i knew it but i'm learning new words or whatever yeah. it is like it's still cool it's uh, the the only time that i've ever studied anything like dramatically in my life high school yeah <laughs> well i never did homework in school i was like that kid that like you know didn't do good in school probably did homework twice three times oh good <laughs> both when i got in trouble yeah, you can get through high school without doing homework. You just won't get good grades. Um, that's a thing. You got but, through. <laughs> hey, I got through. I graduated and like the teachers still liked me. I just like, I was very, I was, I understood that schooling was not going to be the way I was going to like succeed. Um, and I've done, you know, not great, but not terrible by any means, you know. So. I mean, it's all relative. I think yeah. you know? I think I had some very like on my level teachers too, because like, I remember, um, you know, more in like grade 11, 11 and 12, where I had teachers where they'd be like, Andrew, like you just don't engage. And I'd be like, straight up, like I have no use for this shit. I realize I'm being taught repetition and I do not care for it. There's no point. I come to class so that you don't, you know, I come to class I listen to what you have to say and I just don't care. And that's that, but I would like to graduate. So work with me. And they would be like, all right. (laughs) You know, like I'd reason with them because I was like, look at this. I'm in woodwork. I get like, 
you know, I build crazy, beautiful things. That's where I'm going to be succeeding. And like, I love carpentry. I love um, the outdoors and stuff. Like reading a book was just never, you know, my, my reading comprehension was garbage for a long time. Um, still isn't like amazing, but like that, I just knew that's not where I'm going to be succeeding. In but life. See, that's the thing though. You knew you were yeah. like, this is, this is where like, this is going to be helpful for me. And this is where this isn't. Mm-hmm. And like, it, at that point, you, I don't know. I think that you go to school to figure that out. Yeah. And right? if they would have thrown a fishing course at me in high school, you bet your bottom dollars that I would have been top of the class or damn near up well, there. Yeah. You know, I would, they were like, we're going to be learning about bugs today and how to catch more fish. I would have been like, can you stop talking, you guys? I'm trying to learn and be educated over here. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, Jesus, no, can you not have some discipline in this classroom? <laughs> you know, whereas meantime, like, I remember I, I would make like I made a crossbow in class out of my ruler. You know, the metal yeah, rulers. I, I made like a badass crossbow, and the principal took it away from me, and then was like, "You should probably be in woodwork." I might the school I was at at the time didn't have woodwork, so then I transferred to a school that had woodwork. But like, you know, I just had that crafty thing. See, there you go. I was for, like, for me, I was like, I'm definitely gonna do. I was a nerd in that yeah. I just did whatever I was told to do, mm-hmm. but I hated it. Yeah, like I did. I never enjoyed it. Oh, right? I was always jealous when I would see people that like would hand in their homework. The teacher would be like, okay, hand in the like homework or the assignment I gave you. And I'd just like be sitting there like, what is my excuse going to be today? Hmm. And they were always garbage. Like it wasn't like I came up with great ones that like got me off the hook. They'd be like, you know, they would be looking at it and then end of the class. Usually like I had teachers that were pretty sympathetic and like didn't make a big deal, luckily, but I did have some terrible teachers at the same time. Yeah. Um, that like pointed I mean, it out. Like, Andrew, you didn't hand in your homework in front of everyone. Like, <laughs> but most of the teachers eventually just started being like, Andrew, did you do it? And I would be like, no. <laughs> and they would be like, why not? And I'd be like, because I'm not going home to do homework when I should be educated at school when I don't even care about the education because it's just not for me. Like, yep. I did really good in math. Um, you know, I was in French, a French school. So I was like, good at French. English was a tougher thing for me because I just didn't focus. But yeah. yeah. I mean, it's way harder if you're not interested in it. I just wasn't, you know, I was like, let me go outside and play some sports. Let me build stuff. Let me draw. I always hated science. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible. Didn't like science either. I always hated science and everything was science until... I started being fishing. interested in fly fishing yeah. <laughs> and what those bugs are because the fish want to eat that bug and what ecosystem mm-hmm. this type of fish is in and what that means for like how big they will get all that like stuff. Like I could care less before. And I, and I, I got into finance just because I kind of kept going through the steps of like, okay, I'm going through the steps of I'm required to take these classes and then I'm required to take X classes. Mm-hmm. And I narrowed it down to finance um, only because after my mom passed away, my dad was so stressed out with finances because my mom dealt with everything. 
but I was like, oh, if I could help people who get anxiety and get stressed out over finance, then that would actually be really rewarding for me. Yeah. Because then I can actually, like my dad's a doctor. He helps people every day and he is so dedicated and like he loves his work. He just got his like, I think it's his third fellowship and he's in his sixties. Like he does not need to keep getting fellowships, but he loves it. And he loves helping people. And I can't handle blood. So I never. Oh, me neither. (laughs) (laughs) No, not today. And they would probably make you cut your nails. They probably would. They'd probably be like, you got to cut your nails. And you're like, "Mm -mm, not today. I'll deal deal with your numbers. How about that? Yeah. Did you always like math? Or was like math always something that you accepted or like you were okay at? Math was fine. Yeah. That was always fine with me. It was never, I really liked English. Um, but I was like, I'm not going to be an author Mm -hmm. and I don't have the patience to be a teacher. Yeah. So let's look at, I think education systems are slowly starting to like change a Mm -hmm. little bit or like maybe not everywhere and maybe not like every school system, but I think it is starting to be something that is looked at more seriously um, in terms of like, you know, two people right here, I learn completely differently than you learn. So yeah. to teach us the exact same way, how is that, how does that make sense? And then how to have, you know, and then like the grading system, I could, oh man, when it, oh, when man. it came to, when it came to tests, the, the thought of going to sit down to fail a test, to have my mom, like, just be so upset and like crying because she would cry a lot when I would, she would get the report cards. That's Mm -hmm. all I thought about. I didn't think like, Oh, I should study for this, nor did I ever study. So it was like, you know, but I was like, Hmm, I wonder what kind of armor they wore in this period, uh, you know, in this part of the world. Hmm. Oh, what kind of cloud is this or volcano? Am I? Hmm. Okay. I just don't what? Like never cared. Just never cared. But then like, you know, woodwork, I paid attention. Math, I thought that was like very useful. Um mm-hmm. numbers make sense to me. So it's like, yeah, I know I think that that's like something that's being looked at a little bit more and, and it gives me a little Which more is for, amazing because yeah. I know like even some of my like very best friends we who are super successful just like we learn completely differently and like i have been very lucky in that i am a good test taker Mm. but i would say that my like one of my friends who i think is far more intelligent than i am is a terrible test taker and so like if you only looked at that i know it would just like mess it all up he would mess everything up because mm-hmm. she couldn't contribute all these things that I could never, even and, though this piece of paper says that. And I struggling. Have, yeah. yeah. And then, and then struggling with like, it, it, it helped me a lot because like when I teach, um, I'm actually teaching my first course tomorrow at the BC Maritime Museum. Um, oh. So that's cool on fly tying and yeah. Uh, it's it's just a very beginner course. Like I, 
you know, I was even like, am I even qualified for this? And I was like, wait, I can catch fish and I understand what they're basically doing. Yeah, of course I could help someone. You're you know. qualified for sure. Yeah. So, you know, and but at first I was like skeptical. I was like, oh, geez, I got my, how do I get myself into this? But, you know, the one thing that I like, even with the guiding, I've had like really good feedback on my first season because I can like see if something's not making sense to someone because I was always that person that would like ask the teacher, like, can you explain this in a different way? And they would say the exact same information that they read out of the book back to me. And I'd be like, well, like, do you even know what this stuff is? And they would be like, don't question me. And I'm like, all right. Yeah, sure. Okay. okay you don't know. I'm going, I'm going to give you a pop quiz tomorrow. We'll see who does good. <laughs> you know what I mean? I like, think that's a huge skill in itself to be able to read people and recognize like, this is like connecting or yeah. this is not. Like, well, and I, that's one trademark of me is I've always been able to, like, I was very visual on understanding. I, you know, I could see when someone was being good to me and I could see like when people were, I understood when situations I shouldn't be in where I'd like, you know, realize mm-hmm. like, Oh, I'm going down a slippery road here. Like just a very aware of, of my surroundings, how my actions affected other people. Um, and, and so like, yeah, it was, that was, that's one thing. You know, if learning was tough for me, I could understand when someone was struggling. I always understood, like, if someone was lashing out at me, that it wasn't about me. Like, I had that awareness. So, that like, is huge. And it obviously developed more. It wasn't like I was born just like this, well, you know. But Right. Like, the more experience you have. Yeah. But a lot of the times, like, people can't recognize that. And or, like you said, don't know if they do recognize it, don't know how to address or approach it like how like, do i explain this different yeah and then being very, very honest um and and just saying what comes to my mind whether it's an adult or a police officer or whatever it was always like here's the truth take it and and like it just it's that's one trademark like shout out my mother because she's always done a good job at you know like we had our differences at times and whatnot throughout our life, but like she always, she instilled some really good things, fundamentals in me. Um, so I just always been like, you know, there was a point in time where I lied a lot because I was trying to make friends and then obviously that backfires. So like learned that, but after that, once like, you know, going through high school, it was just like, yeah, I was just honest. I never really tried to be someone I wasn't. Um, See, that's where, and I think also like, especially in fly fishing, Mm-hmm. Um, guiding. Yeah, I'm not that I've guided, but I've been with guides. Mm-hmm. I would only hope that they would tell me slash be harsh when I'm messing up or I'm not doing something right because I think I'm doing it right. I'm doing it wrong. I need yeah. someone to tell me. Don't just like let me keep doing, doing it wrong. <laughs> when I say when I tell someone to do something like repeat it i think it's like a limit of like if i've had to tell you like five times to do something a certain way but you're not catching fish i'll eventually be like do you want to try what i've told you and see if that improves your and then they're like they think about it for a bit and they're like oh okay so what do you want me to do and i'm like here we go okay you know but if i have to like and and if that doesn't work then eventually it's like, you know, and I'm luckily I've been, I've been blessed with the the people that have uh, 
been on my my rafts have all been like really cool i haven't had any bad experiences with anyone Knock on um, yeah and like the the guide i work for has like his clients is you know he's been doing it for a while so he has really good clients really fun people to be around um and i can tell when someone's like you know cares about catching fish and if then that's the person that like will really be but if they're just out there to have a good time and they're doing what i would do and they're not they're, we're just chewing the shit then it's all good but i think but then that's where reading people comes in when people don't pay attention but want to be catching fish i'm like that's that's the weird one in my head i'm like okay hey, you're not even listening but you keep saying you want to catch more fish yeah but if they're just like you know having a great time and they're like oh missed another and they're like laughing then it's like yeah it's just a good time so right yeah i love just being friendly with people and like teaching them and and i love when someone can show me something that i'm like oh i did not know that or like whoa i didn't even think of that like that's the coolest thing too learning both ways a hundred percent and that's why you know what we talked about like why fishing is so fun is because you're always learning something and even you, who you're obviously a very experienced angle angler, you're guiding. Yeah, I don't consider myself that experienced, but like I love it. I I have the passion that will drive me to success. Let's say but that's the thing, though, is you're like mm-hmm. even now you're humble and you're like, <laughs> um, I ha- I can learn more. Yeah. You know, I I know enough to teach others, but there is still more for me to learn. Like I think it's so unfortunate when people have an opportunity to learn from someone something that you know maybe they wouldn't get the chance to do mm-hmm. but then they just don't take it because they think they know everything it's like the the toughest clients i have had on in a sense that not that they were bad in any terms or like we had a bad time or whatever but whenever someone says oh i know what i'm doing that's the one when i hear that now i'm like all right we're going to have a day here we go you know um yeah whenever i hear those words and they're like yeah i know what i'm doing i'm like mm-hmm, okay but if you knew what you were doing why did you hire a guy well and not just that but like if you know what you're doing you probably would have like just kept shut and just been like, hey, I'm here to learn. Because sure. if you knew what you're doing, you'd know that there's probably something else you could learn. You know what I mean? When I hear those words, though, those are have always been the, um, like one of the, I don't like know, must have been like, like, yeah, it's the kiss of death. It must have been like my 12th or 15th uh, trip down the river. And this guy had brought his son. Um, his son was older than me. So just perspective. Um, and I was like, hey, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. So we're going to be doing some urine nymphing today. We can also toss around the traditional, like, have you there you fly fished? And the son looked at me and he's like, I've never fished in my life. Not once. I've never picked up a rod. And I was like, oh, I love that. And then his dad's like, I'm pretty experienced. So I can go in the back. He'll go in the front and, uh, and you just concentrate on him. I, I don't really need any assistance. And I was like, okay. He broke my, the same rod twice which was funny. And he took a little swim in the water. No um, way. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he was a good angler, not, not to say he wasn't, but you know, then that's that so- was the first experience of hearing someone say like, I don't need you. Basically. I'm just here to be on the raft kind of thing. That's the first experience. Wow. That was the first one. And then like, there's been a few multiple other, or multiple others that it played out like that where they're like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. See, that's like the thing where it's like, 
So that's like the alarm system. That's like the red flag and and guiding. Like you hear that and it's like, oh, it could, it could be true. Maybe they do know what they're doing and they don't need you, but there's a good chance that like they're going to start casting and you're going to be like, what are you doing? That's a fly rod. (laughs) When we went to, my dad and I went to Arkansas, I told the guide, I was like, I have more experience than my dad. He fishes once a year. Okay. So let me know where we should go on the boat. Yeah. I don't know. Like I've never like been night fishing on a boat. Like, you know, I've never been to this area. Like blah, blah, blah. I would I just feel like I would like never tell a guide. Like I if I went for a guided trip after now being a guide, I literally would not tell them that I'm a guide. And I would be mm-hmm. like, Hey man, I I do like fly fishing a lot, but like any tip, anything you got that could improve me, please. Like I, mm-hmm. I need it. And then if they were like, wow, you're a pretty good angler. I'd be like, awesome. Like, please just more teach me more. Like I would, it just wouldn't be the, the first thing I wouldn't want to be doing is trying to like, be like, I'm pretty good because <laughs> like, that's just going to, I don't know. I'd rather have the, the, the empty cup than, than try to well, play it off. Absolutely. And, and also the opportunity the opportunity and like every system's different like same thing like i've never been on a boat at night yeah well like on the river like fuck what do i do you know how do you how do you want me to stand what do you you know exactly like do you you want want me to casting constantly or just taking certain shots you just tell me i just want to know because like yeah just it's a new experience and like same like if i went to it just it wouldn't work out in your favor like just like listen to your guide you know, or even if it's just a guy standing next to you in the river and he's catched more fish than you, you just tell him you need help and people just help take you. advantage of the opportunity that's in front of you. You have someone that guides in this spot mm-hmm. off that river. This, knows this knows river. that brown trout that's behind that log. Exactly. He like, wants them just as bad as you. So like what do you need to know? So just just yeah. be like, okay, tell me what you want me doing. Like, yeah. that's why I just don't like if this were water that I was like fishing all the time, I'd be like, hey, these are the spots I like. But are there spots maybe that, you know, that I don't know? Yeah. Like, I'm thinking about like literally a spot where I know probably a good couple mile stretch where I'm like, these are all my spots where I catch some yeah. nice. Like, fish. I can show you a few things. <laughs> I can show you a few things. but. Hey, maybe I've just been skipping over a bend or something that yeah. you have seen that I haven't, you know? You never yeah. know. So 100%. it's like I don't know, I see it more as an opportunity than like a oh, guess what? I'm I've been fly fishing for this long and blah blah blah. Yeah, I just hit a fly in the air. I felt like uh the karate kid master dude with the chopsticks. I just smacked a fly out of the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I smacked it. It hit the hit the wall. I feel pretty. Yeah. I'm just proud of you. Got to be proud of yourself once in a while. It was Absolutely. distracting though. He kept like zooming by my eyes, and I was like, I have ADHD, so I was like, Hey, whoa, now <laughs> out of my bubble. <laughs> um, but you did say so. You're going to the White River mm-hmm. in Arkansas. Are you getting a guide this time as well? Getting on the raft? Yeah, I'm actually going with the same outfitter. Okay. So it's White River Lodge, um, and. Okay. Brian Glass, he's or Wild Trout on Instagram. Hey, Wild the, Trout. Yep, Wild Trout, and they're they've just 
they've been down there for at least five years, maybe seven years. I forget. I should know. Yeah. Um, and last time was just one of the coolest experiences that I ever had night. I mean, because it was night fishing, mm-hmm. but also like mousing was so fun. And like I told you before, I'm to the point where I'm like, I want big fish. That meaty I guy. Want, I want the meaty guy. You want the guy that doesn't come out during the day and, exactly. doesn't, and doesn't move for a small something. A hundred percent. So like giant mouse on there. And, and I caught the biggest trout I've ever caught um, when I was in Arkansas. But I was told that that wasn't a trophy trout. <laughs> so had the opportunity after talking with um, a couple of the guys down there, they're like, well, you're welcome to come back. And, you know, we'll talk about figuring something out. And I was like, absolutely. Yeah, so next week looks good to you. Good boys. I'll see you down there. <laughs> Perfect. I'm still how much, uh, <laughs> curious, how much are your flights? It's like, I, I was thinking about that. I know I can get like somewhat cheap flights throughout like Canada, like bouncing mm-hmm. around province to province, but I've heard that like flights in the U S you can sometimes get like crazy steel deals or like just inexpensive. What's like, yeah, for some much? reason it's not cheap here. Okay. Okay. Like, I think it's because it's a smaller airport. Like, I could tell mm. you, like, I fly to San Francisco to see my grandmother in San Francisco. Like, I fly there for like a hundred fifty bucks, okay. like round trip. That's how much it takes for me to get on the ferry with one vehicle. Okay, to get Thank off you. the aisle, a hundred fifty, a hundred and fifty just to get off the island. So I can literally Rough. go from Denver to San Francisco with that. For for me to go to this small airport in Springfield, Missouri, it's more like three fifty, okay, four hundred. Makes sense with like fuel and small and amount. Yeah, of and I think you know, like San Francisco just has so many incoming flights. Denver has yeah. so many, you know, incoming outgoing flights. They're both international airports. That it's just like whatever. Like we're going; these flights are happening regardless. Where it's like a flight to Little Springfield, Missouri which has a baggage claim, just one is like way there's just, they're not not as often. So I think that's why they're more, but I think honestly, like totally worth it. Oh yeah. I mean, no one wants to look back in life and be like, I wish I would have done more of this. Like go live life, you know? Be smart. As we get older, we tend to have a little bit more money lying around if we play our cards right. And, you know, if you can afford things like that or you at least save up to, to do those things, it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. go do them. I, you think- I'm i in full support of getting out fishing. That's all. I, that's an Andrew-approved message right there. Heck yes. I think for me, really, the only things that I have ever really regretted slash will regret are the things that I didn't take advantage of. Yeah. Not the things I did, but the things that I didn't do. Yeah. And that's like, that's the biggest thing that we'll, we'll pay attention to when we're older. It's not the things we did, but the things we didn't do and thought we weren't right. ready for it or whatever. So exactly. And Hey, I'm just interviewing. I don't have a job yet. 
Yeah, so, you're just in the interview phase. Chill out, you know, and get your nails done. Relax a little. Exactly. Got to yeah. go. I'm going to go on Sunday so oh I can my get a new set. You can't even, like, go fishing till then anyways because you need your nails done. So it's, it's, an, it's an ordeal, you know. Yeah. People think it's just an average day going out fishing with your nails done, but it's it's more to it, so... There is. is. It's, you know, it's work. Beauty is pain. No, I'm just kidding. It's a tough life out here. (laughs) To get your nails done to go fishing. (laughs) Well, Natasha, I feel like we could keep chatting about a lot of things, but I also know it's starting to get a little later for you and all that. And I need to get sleep because I'm teaching a course tomorrow, my first course ever taught. So. Wish me luck. I'm excited for it. I'm not you nervous. People call you Professor Andrew. God no. I don't even make my son call me dad. He call like he does call me dad, but he also says like, "Hey Andrew," and I I just like I've never really? been. I'm not a title person. Oh my god, I, I love it. I love I'm it. I'm so like he knows I'm father. He knows I'm his dad, and he says right. it in the right context. But like, if he'll be like, "That's silly, Andrew," you know, and I love that shit. I'm like, I, I've had fr- I've had friends be like, "Andrew, why wouldn't you make him call you father? That's respect." And I'm like, respect is not forced upon; it's earned. And I'm not going to earn it by, you know, like to me that just never. I love that. You know, I call my mom Anita at times, but I also call her mom when I feel like calling her mom. He can do the same. And as he gets older, he'll probably slip away from calling me Andrew and go towards more like dad. And then he'll go back. Then he'll go back when we're on the boat and he's like, smirn up, Andrew, cast over there. And I'll be like, yes, sir. Sorry about that. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's actually the dream. I'm just grooming him uh, to be uh, to to row a raft and to call shots for me. So. Yeah, that's that's all I needed a kid for. So I mean, the rest sense. is the rest sense. is whatever, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, you have fun on your trip, um, getting your nails done, and I just really appreciate you coming on. That was super sweet. So yeah, absolutely, I had a blast. Thank you so much for having me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I I do really appreciate it, and yeah, I wish you luck out there. I hope you get that trophy, Brown. I can't wait to see your next nails and tails post with your. I know. You'll be seeing some long ones, oh, <laughs> some real well done ones. Yeah, I'll call them the uh, the steelhead nails, and they'll have all the colors on them. Oh, I love it! I love it. <laughs> no, chances are I'll forget to do it, or I'll break a nail that day, and I won't be able to make a post. So we'll pretend. We'll pretend. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, you have yourself a great night, and yeah, we'll definitely chat soon. You too. Bye, Andrew. Bye. Thank you for listening to Dead Drifter Society. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, keep up with the show and get to know Andrew on Instagram at Dead Drifter Society. Until next time. There you have it. That was Natasha Gunberg. If you want to go follow along on her adventure, Check her out on Instagram, underscore nails and tails, underscore. I'll have that down in the description. And as always, if there's anyone else you'd like to hear on the podcast, just shoot me a message over at Dead Drifter Society, and I will see what I can do. Till next time, I'll catch you later.